0: Welcome to Adventures in Podyssey, a reflective road trip towards our wood end. Pop in your favorite cassette tapes and come along for the ride as we discuss faith, culture, and all the ways we were bullied growing up in evangelicalism.
1: Hello and welcome back to Adventures in Podyssey. Um... I am your host, Claire. And who else is i I'm, I'm back. I wasn't on the last episode. So hi, welcome back. Thanks. Josh did a way better job than me. Emily, would you like to you know say something so people know you're here?
2: <laughs> I just want to say it's, uh, it's so great to be back at the studio uh, after <laughs> two long months of doing absolutely nothing over this wonderful Christmas break.
1: It's just yeah. great to be back. Yeah, we, we were going to record all together when we were all um, in the no same place. Or not. No, 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 we are not. And then we simply didn't. So I absolutely re- was not going to do that. Maybe yeah, I wasn't would. either. I was not. Abby, Abby, was, yeah. Abby was a little busy. Um, hi to the busyness since I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the busyness is the
2: only like consistent listener we have. Guaranteed. Nathan and Thomas do not listen to this. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably good.
1: Um, <laughs> so today we are talking about um, something that you probably have for already forgotten about, unless you're us. In which case, you never forget about anything, and your brain is a giant file cabinet. Um, and that is uh, Josh Duggar, um, his life, his his fall from grace, his trial, all that stuff. So and the
2: new.
0: I guess this new stuff a timely point because two days ago, his wife uh, got on social media for the first time in months since uh, the announcement of their new child who was conceived. And uh, after he was charged with possession of child pornography, by the way, um, wow. but yeah, his legal team is filing for a new trial one month after he was convicted for
1: um, holding child sexual abuse materials. Did he get a new legal team? Because we'll get into this later. But um, his last one was crap. <laughs> their know. defense was so bad. I don't know.
2: I mean, I feel like if I was his defense, I would probably I would have given up when they did too. I'd but- be embarrassed. Yeah. Um. So,
0: needless to say, there are uh, multiple references throughout this. There will be multiple references throughout this episode of child sexual abuse. Um, possession of CSA materials um, and a variety of other topics that
1: may be um, difficult for some listeners to hear. So if that's you, I would skip this episode. Yeah. Just remember to still rate and review us. No one's left a review yet because you're all cowards. So no, someone left us a one star. No, I meant like an actual review. People like leave rate ratings, but not a review. So come on. And whoever left the one star.
2: Whoever left the one star, you're a real one. Thanks for telling us what you really thought.
1: Yeah. It's actually just about Nathan.
2: <laughs> I don't even think he's listened to half of one. I don't no, think he's listened I'm, to anything. I'm not offended that Nathan hasn't listened. I the amount of things Nathan, Nathan sent he me to listen. listen. <laughs> if he, thinks, he thinks if he doesn't listen, then it will like never come out later when he's like before the session or the presbytery or something. And they're like, your wife's podcast. And I'll be like, what? You know, I never really considered that. Um, <laughs> that like, we're... A Jim Bob and say, I can't remember.
1: <laughs> Jim Bob. Jim I, Boob. I never, I never thought about that in the fact that we, but bo- yeah, uh, uh. I, w-
2: I do have to say though, someone did refer to Jim Bob as Jim Boob
1: at
0: some, some it's in like the
1: first paragraph. I refer to him multiple
0: times as Jim
1: Boob throughout this all right so oh. um let's get into that we're probably gonna cut all that out um so getting started we're gonna just talk about you know his childhood uh Duggars Josh I guess because there's like you know 45 Duggars oh, what's the point so let's talk about the point of the episode though real quick the reason
0: we decided to do this episode um, and to focus on this case specifically is not because we are Duggar fans or Duggar oh, uh, no. enemies or anything. We, I think it's very interesting. Emily just walked walked away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's interesting to look at this case because we have so much documented over such a wide time frame. Um, you can actually identify and pinpoint people who failed uh, to report to care for victims, um, and to protect children from future abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, From the beginning, from when we first see him beginning to exhibit signs of pedophilia to today, um, and we actually have, that's kind of what we wanted to highlight is how it takes a village to let abuse continue. Like yeah. abuse isn't just something, it frequently isn't just something that happens and it stays between the abused and the abuser. Sometimes it does. Um, and if that is the case of anyone who's listening to this, we're not um, trying to invalidate your story at all. But what usually happens is there are more than just the uh, victim and the abuser. You have people in the court system, you have law enforcement, you have other family members, you have family members of the abuser. Um, Mm -hmm. These people often eventually end up finding out and uh, can either the decisions they make can forever change the course of the way the narrative goes. And in the Duggar case, we see clear failings. I think we counted eight. Yeah. or No, nine. Nine people slash organizations that failed um, and allowed this abuse to continue. Uh, So that's why we're talking about this today, because this is a great case study of how abuse is not just something that happens in secret um, and behind closed doors between one to two people. It's some, or two, two people. It's something Mm -hmm. that again, kind of takes a village.
1: I think when we say, and I think there's a, like, you know, people like abuse happens in darkness and like exposing it brings it to light. And I think when you say abuse happens in darkness, that implies that it does happen in secret. And like, that's, that's not the case. Um, always not always There's, yeah yeah um, there's also one more disclaimer I want to make we talk a little bit about like legal matters like um, statute of limitations stuff but these events did not occur in the state that we are most familiar with um, they occurred in Arkansas I have never stepped foot in Arkansas and I hope I never will um, full offense to Arkan- Arkansians <laughs> is that what they're called <laughs>
2: I, I think it's the biblical term is Arcanites
0: I believe um, they actually just call them Walmart employees.
2: <laughs> everyone I know classes. who lives
0: in Arkansas No,
2: everyone who lives classes. Who lives in Arkansas
0: moved there to work for a corporate Walmart. Oh, based in, in Bentonville. Is yeah, that more right.
2: than two plus people? Tell the truth.
0: I mean, it's I mean, it's a lot through, you know, it's people I knew in college, but Um, yeah, I can hear you opening ahead. your salami. It's <laughs> you no, know, I'm enjoying a cave aged cheddar. <laughs>
1: that, okay, that,
0: sorry if that yeah. just triggers somebody's sensory issues, but it's
1: really
2: good. Okay, yeah, so I just want to just
1: disclaim none of us have been to law school yet. Um, so we might get some stuff wrong.
2: So um, let's get into this.
0: If you if you turn this episode off here, just list, just be aware. This is what we want you to know. If you see something, say something, don't be complacent. Yeah. complacency is participation
1: in sin and darkness and abuse
0: if it looks weird and feels
1: weird it probably is weird
0: (laughs) (laughs) to bring back uh, an old
1: saying of ours
0: if you're gonna turn it off now
1: that's what we want you to take away yeah all right let's hit it okay um so who are the duggers um if you have the great fortune of having no clue who they are um you never watched the show on tlc if you were like you know, our good friend Josh, who, like, you know, wasn't allowed to swim in the pool on Sundays and probably didn't watch TLC because it was, you know, Satan's, uh, uh, you know, way of indoctrinating the world. Um, the Duggars are a quiverful family. Um, they quiverful, which is kind of like um, they don't tend to use birth control and are actively trying to have as many children as possible because they view children as a blessing. Um,
0: huh. It's from that. Is it a proverb Verse. or a psalm? Yeah.
1: It's, I believe, a proverb.
0: It's like, children are, are quivers, and they...
1: I'll have to look it up. Anyways. Children aren't quivers. A quiver is one thing, and then you put arrows on your quiver. Yeah. And, first of all, people just love to take proverbs so literally. But, oh, anyways, they're... Psalm,
0: psalm 127.4. Like, arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth.
1: Yeah. So, um, arrow... Full would be cooler, but they had to choose the more sexual term. Um, They're an independent free will Baptist family from Arkansas. Um, Josh Duggar is the oldest of what is now 19 kids when they first appeared um, to the world on television. I believe there was like 14 of them. Um, God bless Michelle's uh, soul and other things. Um, His parents were Jim, Bob and Michelle. And... Um, They're ultra-conservative fundamentalist Christians. Uh, They homeschooled their children under the Institute of Basic Life Principles. Um, uh, The homeschool arm called the Advanced Training Institute, which is like, you know, people want to make certain homeschooling things like paramilitary stuff and then, like, say they have bone spurs and they can't be drafted. Um, (laughs) And this
0: this was run by Bill Gothard, (laughs) right?
1: Yes. Bill Gothard... um, he was an abuser. Like we could just throw good that user. out there and you can, you can look that up on your own time. Um, this curriculum taught school subjects, but always tie them to a corresponding biblical passage. I highly recommend um, you look up the curriculum cause it's so bad. Um, mm-hmm. And just have a little bit of pity for like, if you ha- come across Duggar stuff online and, you know, just have a moment of sympathy for them. Some of those kids cause they didn't get a good education. Uh, Abby, you want to take this next little section? Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, Jim Boob and Michelle knew about their (laughs) oldest son. So this is pre-TV show or Mm pre-special. This is pre-TLC involvement. Um, So back in 2002, Jim Boob and Michelle learned that their son, Josh, um, had abused four unnamed girls who were minors at the time. Um, Because in March 2002, one of their daughters, who we don't know who it was, came forward and confessed. Um, it, it happened again in July, 2002, uh, another unnamed daughter confessed, uh, by the way, I'm pulling all of this and we'll link it in the description. We're pulling all of this from the initial police report that was filed in Arkansas, uh, in like 2006. Um, so yeah, March, 2002 is the first confession from a daughter, July, 2002, second confession. Um, sh- the second confession, they actually admitted that it had happened to a family friend who had slept over. Um, I mean, we'll go into the nature of, of the abuse that happened, uh, just because we don't need to, uh, a third confession to the parents happened in March, 2003. Um, this had affected, uh, one unnamed daughter and then a five-year-old daughter or a five-year-old girl. Um, and that one I think is the most disturbing. If you read the report, you can, if you have the stomach to read the report, you can kind of see what was told to the parents at the time. And what happened to the five-year-old, I think, is the most graphic and the most disturbing. Um, so here we have failure number one. Jim, Boob, and Michelle knew as early as 2002 that their daughter, that their son was abusing not only their daughters, but had abused a close family friend. And they failed to report. Um, so, yeah. Um,
1: somebody else want to pick up? Emily doesn't know where we are.
2: I'm sorry. I had to do a camp thing real quick. I got it. Um. Uh-oh. So Jim Bob
1: meets with the elders of his church after these incidents and the elders agree. The boy needs treatment. Um,
2: at so this, I, bring, is that
1: right? I believe so. That kind of gives me like Western, but like that boy needs treatment. Um, sorry. <laughs> um. So they all agree that he needs to go off and he's enrolled in a Christian treatment center for offenders in Little Rock, from March seventeenth uh, to July seventeenth, so very short stint, um, and it's run out of an old VA um, hospital, and I believe it was also IBLP uh, associated uh, or affiliated. I could be wrong on that. Um, so that's failure number two. Is the church elders that Jim Bob talked to did not report. Failure number three: the ministry in Little Rock does not report. So we have individuals and institutions who, um, are ignoring, uh, what I assume is mandated reporting in the state of Arkansas, but I could be wrong. I looked it up
0: just now and it's not as widespread as it is in Tennessee In Arkansas. Certain professions are required to report law enforcement, childcare workers and teachers, coroners, medical professionals, domestic abuse advocates, foster parents,
1: um, Things like that,
0: so, so it doesn't. It doesn't I don't,
1: say explicitly anyone in clergy or uh, explicitly
2: on this website. No, it does not. Well, that's somebody Yes, I find that interesting mm-hmm. considering how Arkansas has like kind of like elevated. Yeah, they just have they have they have interesting laws. That I way. think
0: it's based on a federal act that was passed. They're backwards so they down there. They might just be pulling it from a federal.
1: Yeah. definition anyways um after this um josh leaves the offenders ministry in july of 2003 and then jim bob speaks to corporal um i don't remember his first name hutchins a state trooper he had a pre-existing friendship with um hutchins gives josh a stern talking to and says that because he's been through the program there's nothing else to do um, I would also like to point out that Hutchins is now serving a uh, federal time for his own possession of child sexual abuse material. So um, birds of There's a feather do be flocking together. Four. Hutchins does not report. So this is your
0: first leak. This is what, from what we can tell the first leak. I mean, I think the parents probably would have counted as mandatory reporters
2: yeah. under the law.
0: But um, so we see the parents fail. Number one, church elders fail. Number two, ministry does not report and Little Rock failure. Number three. But here we have actual state employed person who fails to report and who would be considered a mandatory reporter under Arkansas law. It should also be noted that just because you're not a mandatory reporter, if you're in a state that operates that way, doesn't mean you shouldn't report.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, no, know, I- know <laughs> the mandatory reporting laws in your state. The amount of people who didn't realize Tennessee was like an all adults are mandatory reporting. Reporters uh, blew my mind that when I I realized people didn't know.
2: I think people also hear mandatory reporting and they think, you know, like, if I don't report, I'm being punished. Whereas if like we need to reframe that thinking and think of like, if you do report, what you're sharing is taken as legitimate. Like it's opportunity for every person to protect other people rather than only certain people being able to be taken seriously to protect others. So it's more opportunistic rather than it is punitive. Yeah. Um Emily, we
1: skipped over something that I think you wanted to mention. Um in one of your
2: comments in the doc about the house. Um so I just thought this was interesting. Um I honestly don't know when the Duggers like built their very popular compound, but they basically- was after
0: it was after the first confession of abuse okay
2: that's what i thought so the way that their home is laid out is fascinating because basically all of their boys share one room they call it a dormitory and all of their girls share another room and they like so there's girls and boys dorms um and the way that their house is set up is it's a two-story home it's quite long and the at the second level the home is separated into two halves connected by a catwalk and so the right side is the boys dormitory and the left side is the girls dormitory. But in order to get to the girls dormitory, you have to literally pass the master suite in order to get to the girls room, which I feel like is not coincidental. Like you're building your home and you just think like we should probably put our bedroom as like the gatekeep guard post to our girls between bedroom. Siblings. <laughs> yeah. Between our si- like our kids because yeah. number one something has obviously already happened and number two like if if in my mind if you're if you're structuring your home in this way you're operating off of the assumption that something could happen again but why did you not take more measures to prevent that from happening um, yeah. so again I'm, maybe I'm reading into this maybe you know maybe this was just architecturally the best way forward but I definitely I don't know I don't think that that's a coincidence and it's an interesting interesting move on their part for sure because yeah
1: i don't know interesting interesting stuff yeah i thought that was really interesting so i wanted to make sure you had a chance to bring that up because i hadn't even thought of that i remember in the show like they all slept in like the same room like the girls all slept in one big room um Mm -hmm. and i thought that would drive me absolutely insane um so yeah but i didn't know that
2: um So moving Um, on to you know the next little piece of the timeline. Um, In two thousand three, the Duggars asked um, close close friends Jim and Bobby Holt. Um, Jim Holt is a former Arkansas state legislator, which will be important to to know about later on. But they asked Jim and Bobby to counsel Josh um, as he was courting the Holt's daughter at the time. Um, So also after I think it was. Prior to I don't I don't know the timeline specifically on this, but at some point after um, all of these different assaults had taken place between these young girls and Josh. Josh goes to live with the Holtz for a short period of time and makes like a very explicit confession to Jim and Bobby. Um, Jim or sorry, Bobby was also uh, part of the preliminary uh, hearing or trial that took place before Josh's and she testified and, and shared relatively explicitly what Josh shared with her um, mm-hmm. back in this time. Um, I think she
0: said something along the lines of you just don't forget.
2: Yeah. Stuff like that. Like yeah, Because it was like shook.
0: Yeah. Shaken. And
1: that seemed like a direct, um, in my opinion, seemed like a direct jab at Jim Bob when he, Jim Bob claimed he did not right. remember Josh's disclosures of abuse to him,
2: which that will come up later. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there. this is, again, another failure on the Holtz part, because they had very explicit knowledge of what had happened in all all these different cases, even like <laughs> their own daughter was put at risk here. Um, obviously, their, that relationship never materialized. Josh ends up dating someone else, but um, some people speculate that the reason that that the Holt's daughter and Josh never um, worked out was because of her knowledge of his of his um, past of sexual abuse, perpetrating sexual abuse. Um, but yeah, here we here we have failure five, which is the Holt's failing to report. Eventually, Josh moves out of their house. Um, they never really specify why, but they did make it very clear that the reason he left their home was not due to any sexual misconduct on his part. But it is interesting that I definitely think that this circumstance did affect their relationship enough because um, Jim Bob ended up running for some uh, office in Arkansas. And Jim Holt actually multiple made times. Statement multiple times but most recently Jim Holt specifically made a statement saying that he was not a trustworthy person and should not be running for office and should not be elected to office. Um so there's obviously a pretty significant schism in that relationship. Yeah. I would also like to add and
1: I w- we're not going to discuss Anna a whole lot. There is I think one thing that's I- I've heard mentioned online Anna before is that Josh's wife. Josh's current wife, yes. Um that I want to mention but it's just really interesting that the Holt's daughter likely was like no, thank you. Or maybe the Holt said no, thank you for her, um, it could which seems more likely. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, we'll discuss that a little bit more because there's some theories as to why Anna is basically comfortable being around a pedophile, which is f- truly fascinating. Um, so moving on. Um, so the Holtz failed to report. And now we are in the grand age of 2004. 2004. At this point, all the brown children siblings. When I say brown, I mean like capital in terms of name, not brown in terms of skin color. In terms of skin color, all the brown siblings have been born. We are now taking on the world. Emily's currently well, dancing.
0: That's failure number
1: six. <laughs> that's failure number six. Um, so this is when the first television debut happens of the Duggars. Um, not it, it? yes, it was a yeah. one-time special. Um, there were fourteen children, and there was have one on the-, the show. The like the show? I watched Nineteen Kids and Counting a little bit, like
2: yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah, I remember watched. I watched special, a
0: though. lot of the. Yeah, I didn't watch the special, but I remember watching, especially when like uh, Jill and Jessa were being courted. I for some reason I think we were watching that pretty aggressively at that point because we were, I think it was like this morbid fascination
1: of seeing these poor girls, restricted to, chaperoned dates and side hugs. Yeah, um, I I watched very little. <laughs> it was probably what I watched the least of on TLC. I like I was a toddlers and tiaras kind of gal.
2: Maybe that's um. what the next episode is like how morally unethical TLC is. Because I have you all also seen that like there's a bunch of um cheese coming out about John and Kate plus eight. I mean there oh cheese with that isn't it Basically? about like. Okay, go Kate, ahead. Kate institutionalized unjustly one of her children for like two and a half years and wow. the dad she has full custody of all the kids but the dad pursued full custody of him to get him out of the institution because it took him like two and a half years to even find out where he was um, and then that kid has since come out and accused his dad of abusing him since he's been released and oh, yeah it's wow. just a whole That's mess a whole it's life. so sad yeah, but anyways, yeah. But
0: that's that, a, that's a different one. But there is a common denominator there, and that
1: there is a sick fascination with people who have a lot of kids, sister wives too. Um, what I was it? never into sister what? wives. Oh, go ahead. But I I've watched some commentary on it, and like the way they just pit the the way that TLC is comfortable putting the worst of um people's lives on television at the expense of usually dozens of children is actually sickening
2: i think the biggest issue is that we have as a culture have a fascination with like voyeuristically viewing other Mm families dysfunction Mm -hmm. because it makes us feel better about our own oh
0: yeah it makes me feel better
2: about our family that's for sure but it's like I mean,
0: there's it's one thing to watch like
2: um
0: i'm gonna choke on this cheddar like live and it's (laughs) gonna be recorded it's one thing to watch like my 600 pound life or whatever where you have these people who are like actually pimping themselves out for reality TV and they're making bank off of it and whatever. is another thing to pimp out your family with minors. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Agreed. Especially like when they're that young, but I mean, uh, yeah, I so agree. Cause like, there's definitely a sense with like some of the shows, like Toddlers and Tiara's I feel like was definitely a overblown, like, like a more scripted conflict and like an expected conflict. But Like, with some of these other shows with, like, families and kids, like, there is just a very real dysfunction that obviously is, like, exacerbated by, like, having the spotlight put on your family, by, like, fame and by wealth and all of these things, which is, I think, you know, why John and Kate Plus 8 is a good example, because, like, their family has completely fallen apart. Like, these kids went from being, like, some of the most popular kids on TV to probably being some of the most miserable kids in the world. Because of what they've had to go through at the hands of their parents and people like TLC, yeah. Honey I Boo-boo came across one of famous. the oldest daughters, huh?
0: Honey Boo Boo is another example. Like, yeah. she's she's old enough now to speak for herself, and she's like the amount of actual conflict and then the amount of scripted stuff or the way that we would be pushed to create like watchable material is
2: JoJo just, Siwa was, is another good example.
1: Oh, yep. Dance Moms, um, ooh, the, like, two times I watched Dance Moms, I think I came out with vicarious trauma, honestly, like, <laughs> it was horrible.
2: I mean, when did TLC go from, like, being the, like, top-tier reality TV with What Not to Wear to, like, where they fell with, like, John and Kay Blissett? Like, they were just trying to survive, and they were doing it in the most, like, unmoralistic way possible, so Immoral. TLC, if you're listening, <laughs> whatever, TLC, if you're listening, bring back What Not to Wear
1: i That's think they did I okay um so the first television special is debuting <laughs> I, a, I, was was and I
2: love you <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm gonna put a white streak in my hair just for
0: her i'm not gonna start dressing better though that was the first uh, gay man i ever saw on television they're both gay well she she wasn't out at the time yeah Why should, you just
1: knew
2: that white shirt was telling us something
1: that she didn't even know. <laughs> anyway, so there was 14 kids already on Earth. <laughs> one was on the way. Um, we're going to discuss motives for getting on TV later. Um, so failure number six, this goes on television and no one. The Holtz, um, Hutchins, not a single person the alerts the church. No one alerts the media or TLC when the special I- when the special airs. Sorry, I just choked my saliva. So, despite the abuse, um, the Duggars continued to pursue television specials, television specials, so sorry, um, until they got their own show. There was clear pursuit of, um, screen, of, you know, like screen time. There was clear pursuit of power, even politically, which, you know, Jim Bob ran for office. It was very explicit that they were chasing things like that. Um, the show ran for 10 seasons, and the first few seasons included Josh's engagement and marriage to Anna Keller, um, no relation to Tim. Um, and the and the subsequent birth of all of his children. He now has seven. Um, and it was highlighted um, that Josh and Anna had a first kiss wedding. Um, Josh P- <laughs> Josh became the poster child for purity, religious and political conservatism and homeschool success, working for a conservative, poli- conservative lobbying organization. Um,
0: and the I personally think that he worked for, wasn't it like it's dedicated to like preserving traditional family values? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like <laughs> the family preservation. I don't know. I f- personally think we're the homeschool picture of success. I don't know. Emily, like being a sex therapist. I don't, I mean, I don't education really
2: For all homeschoolers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Family Anna Research Council. Council. Yes, Family that's Research. what it was called. Um, so failure number seven. No one says anything as the Duggars just continue to gain fame and accumulate wealth. They build their compound, which, oh my gosh. First of all, if anyone calls anything a compound, run. Like, Did I
0: call it a compound?
1: I'm pretty sure, yeah. and like articles always call it like the Duggar compound, which oh, interestingly Lord. they sold like a significant amount of like a few acres of it recently. So maybe their pockets be hurting a little bit. And
2: actually, pockets that, like, hurt.
0: People, it's not like it's not like um like the Holtz or the Church or whatever. Like they people were not aware that they were famous or becoming famous because they like mm-hmm. skyrocketed like. They had spreads in people, magazine. They had um they were like doing exclusive interviews, television, print. They Michelle had with like, Oprah. They were well, yeah, we get to almost. that in a minute. But almost <laughs> they um they are like held up as like this great example of like they they kind of come across as like they do come across as humble people and like just kind of like your typical like southern Christian, like whatever, they don't come across people who would be chasing fame. And so I think that gives them a sense of, um, like, I don't Genuineness, I guess. Um, genuineness and, people, and
2: relatability.
0: And people ate that up. And like Michelle yeah. had devotions and they wrote books and all this stuff. Uh, and like, they were everywhere. Like if yeah. you were kind of a conservative Christian in the two thousands, you knew
1: who the Duggars were. Yeah. And like, Got. They thought they were so relatable. Like we eat tater tot casserole. That is not oh, relatable.
2: <laughs> we pair our hair at home.
1: If you are the white people who relate to that, seek help. Um. <laughs> so in 2006, the Arkansas State uh, Child Abuse Hotline is called with a tip about the Duggars. I wish I knew who put this in. Ah, uh, they get a little crown or a little jewel Ooh, in their crown. Can I pick this up. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So. That that whole story is very interesting. Um, so the person who called to report the abuse, and this comes from Boob and Michelle, um, they had actually <laughs> stop calling him Boob. If I don't use their real name, we can't get sued, right? Um, so the person who, according to Jim Jim Bob and Michelle, the this is what they said in the report to the police. They had somebody had found had written down the abuse. Um, accusations in a letter and put it in a book. And years later, the Duggars loaned the book out, and somebody found the letter in the book and then called the child abuse
1: hotline. And we're like, "Hey, just so you know, so I anyways, did not page, know that. It's in the. I wrote it down. It's right there. You did in the old <laughs> book didn't... and made a call. Like it's not like that detailed. So I didn't okay, really get well, that. Yeah, so now I I'm just... like." Shh shook it shaking my boots and they and they
0: and they refused to kind of to say who it was and obviously the tip line is anonymous um but so the state follows up with interviews they bring in the dog of parents um and the parents confess to everything that we've discussed so far but they don't mention the holts that's the only thing they don't mention um they mention uh is it hitchens or hutchins hutchins they mention hutchins the church the i think um, rehab center in Little Rock. They name the number of victims. They describe what happened to them. Um yeah,
1: it was rough. Okay, so, so that's when question- the police report sorry. So that's when the police report gets filed,
2: like an actual yes. police report,
1: because Hutchins never filed one.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's so this is thing. my question. Is the police report is this report against like Josh or is it against the parents for not reporting? Because like if the girls aren't pressing charges, how is a report being filed? Um
0: so I'm pulling it up now. Uh so the report it it's a report against Josh because Jim Bob and Michelle are listed as the mother and father of the victim and the offender. Um okay. So, I mean, th- this is this is like this is a police report. This isn't charges filed. This is just like the initial Whatever you know,
1: yeah. The, so the first, the first my, time. yeah, my. I'm just I'm thinking out loud. So a child, okay, it comes out a child is being abused. <laughs> uh, great heavens, um <laughs> the, the child. <laughs>
2: <know>? <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> oh no! We
1: gotta <laughs> we to leave that, that in. Out. No, no, we gotta leave it in.
2: Um, I like the mute button. <laughs> oh.
1: Um laws are doing so a child who is old enough to like say like i i've been abused by my sibling um but like they aren't pursuing like charges and the parents aren't either does the state just like have to let it go
2: um i don't yeah, that's like kind of what i was thinking i we need well, we need to
1: ask our dad about that
0: <laughs> um yeah that's I think depen- that's a question it for, on for the later. state and it depends on the statute of limitations Yeah, okay. So, So, my
2: thinking would be if this came out, obviously the girls I don't know if they are at this time, and the statute of limitations is still up, I suppose. But if the girls were minors, the parents could be charged with neglect of their children for knowledge of the abuse and not pursuing action and allowing their kids to continue to be exposed. And yeah, but this is complex because, but can the yeah. He was a minor when he perpetrated the abuse.
0: Yeah, which is, as we know, the one of the most tricky cases to correct. Pursue. Yeah, so let's right. let's
2: talk about that later. Let's keep, sorry, we're
0: still. Oprah. We're still this garbage. So this is 2006. Um. So okay, I actually have it written down here. Um. So the Duggar family was supposed to speak to go on the Oprah Winfrey Show in 2006. An oh, unidentified 61 year old female emailed the show's producers, alerting them to the situation. That I is the example.
1: <laughs> I gotta look it up real quick.
0: Um, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? So, um, the producers were alerted, um, that something shady was going on. So this is the this is a example of somebody stepping out and doing something, even though we don't know who this person is. Studios turned over the letter, turned over the information to the Department of Human Services, who launched the investigation. Um. The police asked to speak to Josh, but Jim Bob tried to hire a lawyer instead and refused to produce his son for questioning. Multiple lawyers refused oh, the tomato, case. Tomato, tomato, tomato. So none of that is in the none of that is in the report. Um, all of that is coming from a different source. Um, so I don't know where that where that falls in terms of I guess maybe Jim Bob and Michelle went for an interview. The initial pro is filed, and then maybe lawyers are refusing the case. Um, they're trying to protect Josh. So by the time the police got involved, the statute of limitations in Arkansas had passed preventing further action. And that comes from, um, which is a, what is actually kind of a good source to go to for this. And it's the fundamentalist's wiki. wiki. Um, they have a very comprehensive timeline on the entire Josh Duggar scandal with sources. Yeah, We'll also link that. Um, but yeah, so I guess by 2006,
1: just, it had gone up. Statue of So sorry. What, Claire? Your your video and your audio are, like, lagging. So sometimes I think it's, like, safe for me to cut in it and it's not. Um, I, if if Fundamentalist Wiki is um, right, or Fundamentalist Fandom, as the website says, then Bobby Holt is currently 53 years old.
2: Mm. Which, Dad. so... So my guess- question next would be, do you think that they knew... That the statute of limitations was about to run out.
1: Who? The parents or?
2: Yeah, because I mean, like, if I'm a bad person and I'm like trying to keep this in my favor, and I know that my child has perpetuated sexual abuse, like, I, you know, that these people are out here on their HughesNet internet, out in their compound, back when this Hughes all happened. Net. Googling, like, like what the heck they should do, and like what is like the legal ramifications of all this, and like you know that they had to know the statute of limitations. Like, there's no way that they didn't.
1: Yeah, if they had a semi decent lawyer, the lawyer would have mentioned. Okay, so it's six
0: years for class Y and A felonies, three years for class B, C, and D for, or
1: for misdemeanors or ordinance violations. Was that the same in in two thousand six? We don't know.
0: Well, no. These aren't. These are just felonies, misdemeanors, and ordinance. So this is everything, not just abuse. So, oh. rape and sex offenses, uh, other sex offenses listed in this. This, this, including it's a minor time limit expires upon victim turning twenty eight, if not reported to authorities. So that doesn't make sense because it says for se- sexual assault in the first degree and second degree, there's no time limit. I just found an article which we'll also link. Um, a professor of law. Wrote an article with MSNBC basically saying um, the civil statute for child sexual abuse in Arkansas has a three year limit. So that is correct. So in 2006, that would have that would have expired. But the criminal statute is much longer. They Mm -hmm. have seven years from the date of abuse. Um, So that would have been so the clock would have run out in 2013. Um, so it is, it is not clear why charges were not pursued following the forwarding of the police report to
1: the juvenile prosecutor. So it seems paperwork, paperwork get, gets pushed around, bureaucracy gets in the way, statute of limitations runs out before anything's able to happen. Um, um, as a pup, so
0: somebody at the Springdale Police Department who, is that where they, the report was filed, I believe? Um, no, that was Washington County. Anyways, so uh, someone who works for the police department said, as a public information officer, I cannot speak about the police report because it does not exist as far as we are concerned. Um, the, so that police report that we've been going off of uh, was expunged in, is, that, is it expunged? Yes. Yeah, if it's um, at the request of a victim.
1: Yeah, mm. so that's another thing that I think Emily wants to hit on in a little bit about the, um, specifically his sisters. Um, but it seems that there is. term No, um, but there is a lot of, you know, first of all, I understand the desire to want to protect your privacy, um, which is really hard when your life was basically broadcasted without your consent from, you know, your childhood on- into adulthood, um, even until, you know, you're giving birth and your baby is like ripping your vagina open. Like that, like these women have really had their entire life uh, documented. And for me, that would be really scary. Um, And then having something like that come out would be really scary, especially when you don't understand or not understand, but you haven't had the opportunity to reckon with the reality of what happened to you. And instead your parents and other adults around you have pushed you to forgive and forget so um Mm. and we saw that you know before the trial the girls um two of them launched like a civil suit i believe because there was information that got out that they didn't want out um yeah against people about their abuse yeah yeah um i think it was against a magazine yeah which is just like i understand that's a really tough place to be and from the standpoint of someone who wants to stand with survivors that you know it's like it's empowering to you know share your story and all this stuff um, and I think it's important sometimes if there's the potential for something to move forward, like a case that could, you know, put this person out of, you know, reach of children and women and children who are at risk, but, you know, that's not mm-hmm. for you to decide. Right. So, um, so that would, that
0: leads us to the conclusion of this very long and kind of rambly point, which was failure number eight, our justice system, police abandoned pursuing charges because either they believe the statute of limitations on the civil charge had expired or because the, one of the victims asked for the record to be expunged um, or both.
1: So no. um,
0: I would, 20- I would say our, our justice, our
1: justice system failed there. Yeah. Either way, Reg- and regardless of
0: what the victim requested.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 2015 in touch weekly, um, Files the Freedom of Information Act to obtain the police report from 2006. We do um, not pu- know why they filed that. We don't yeah. know who tipped them off. Um, somebody did, obviously. They published an article revealing that Josh had sexually abused four of his younger sisters and one other unnamed uh, minor female. Um Jim, Bob, and Michelle said after the abuse came to light and Josh had confessed, they went to the Arkansas State Police headquarters to disclose. They said after that, they did not hear anything for months. So this is during their uh, damage control spin time. Um, so that's fun. Um, and then people start to speak out in support of Josh and his family, um, including his parents. Um, Mike Huckabee, um, mm-hmm. Boom! Boo. Boo. I mean, everyone's
0: favorite butt boil <laughs> of a politician.
1: Honestly, I I really can't even. Um, Ronnie, Ronnie Floyd, Floyd. Um, who is also an abuser. So I feel like we have this fun little game of abusers protecting <laughs> other abusers <laughs> and abusers anyway. creating systems where other abusers can thrive, like Gothard. And he is know, one of the family's pastors. Clubs. Um. Pastor Ray Comfort? I don't know who that is. I didn't put that in there.
2: His Sounds like a name is just whiskey. perverted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who put
0: that in there? Me. I, I, apparently, he's a pastor with a platform.
1: Okay. Uh, pastor the, with a the platform. Those guys. Um, and then his sisters, um, now Jill Dillard and Jessica Wald, as they're both married. Side note, J- Jill is not on good terms with her family anymore. Her and her husband have pretty much... Uh, cut they the family off
2: themselves. her we husband Jill. hates Jimbo <laughs>
1: we
0: love Joe we support Jill
1: yeah there's a really interesting phenomenon I this is a side note I'm gonna make this episode really long but anyways okay
2: well <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a side note there's an interesting phenomenon in like the fundy snark and like fundy Fridays and the fundy commentary culture where it's like you know oh we stand with you know the the survivors. But also, they're not uh, liberal or progressive enough, so we really don't – like, we wish they weren't abused, but that's really all we're going to support. And it's just, like, yeah. they still condemn them in the same breath that they say they support them. And I think that's a really – um probably hard for them to hear and read about themselves. Um,
0: Which also just shows how much, like, the commentary around this stuff is caught up on, like, it's not about people being correct – or people being safe or, or healthy. It's about people being on the right side, quote unquote, which is for a lot of the, there's like Claire said, there's a whole culture that's, that it, that focuses on talking about families like this, because there are so many other families like this. Um, yeah. Not all of them have the same platform, but there are YouTube channels, Reddit threads, all these things dedicated to picking them, these families apart. And some of it's justified and some of it's funny. Um, but yeah, if, it's like, if you do not f- if you don't fall in line with our beliefs specifically, then like, you're still going to come under a heavy dose of criticism. Yeah. It's like, well, we're really glad that like, that, you know, you came out uh, against your abusive family, but you still don't, don't check all the boxes for us in terms of, you know, yeah. hot button issues. And you know.
1: yeah. So yeah. Um, not- so that, yeah, that's a little bit of my frustration. Um, I believe Jessa still um, is on. You know, pretty. I don't know what good terms would mean, but speaking terms at least um, with mm-hmm. her uh, parents and everything. So moving on, in July 2015, TLC cancels 19 Wait, Kids Wait, we got to talk
2: about we got to talk about Jill and Jessa's interview. Oh, so oh yeah, you have a comment? Sorry. After um, there was a tabloid. Article published um, that released information about Jill. The and In Justice, Touch. The, yeah, In Touch article that released information. And following that release of that tabloid article, Jill and Jessa decided to do an interview on Fox News um, to basically be able to, if the story was going to be told, they wanted to be the ones telling it. Um, I think at the time, like Jill was 24 and Jessa was about 22 years old um, when this happened. So basically, in the interview, um, I'll just quote specifically what Jessa says. She says, quote, I do want to speak up in his defense against people who are calling him a p- child molester or pedophile or a racist. Some people are saying I'm like, that is so overboard and a lie, really. I mean, people get mad at me for saying that, but I can say that because I was one of his victims. So Jessa is the one that explicitly defends him. And she goes on to say that. um, In Josh's case, he was a young boy in puberty and a little too curious about girls and that got him into some trouble. So she very explicitly defends him in this interview, whereas Jill speaks more to her interpersonal experience um, when she kind of realized what happened. Um, She talks about how she was angry, how she had questions as to how this could happen. Um, But she doesn't really go on to defend um, to defend Josh and his actions, which I think is why even now there's definitely some differences in. Um, the way that the two of them have responded to the outcome of the trial, which we'll talk about later. Um, Yeah, there's just some pretty stark differences in how they both responded as they both released public statements after that. But the article um, that talks about the interview is from USA Today, and they go on a little bit to talk about some of the other things that we discussed, like the safeguards that (laughs) I put in air quotes, the safeguards that they put in place, which were like, um, like not allowing the boys to babysit and locking doors at night and not allowing like playing hide and seek. And it's not mentioned, but like literally building their compound to keep the boys and girls separate as much as possible. Um, so it's very evident on the part of Jim boob and Michelle, um, that they knew that there was a problem that probably had not really been solved because mm-hmm. if you have to continue to put these, um, this many, uh, safeguards in place, you don't really have good faith that, like, your issue has been resolved.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I meant when I said uh, about the sisters of, like, you know, they're not encouraged to think about this in a certain way. They were encouraged to forgive and forget. Um, and I think that is really evident with Jill, you know, like, people handle, um this differently and said so, like they clearly have but it's very evident that jill i in my opinion it seems somewhat evident that jill felt forced to you know forgive forget and that didn't go well for her and i think impact it impacted her relationship with her family um can't forgive and forget when the body keeps the score yeah also the body keeps the score was plagiarized by from a woman so
0: I'm, we'll get Ta- I'm just talking about <laughs> the idea nothing book
1: I'm trying to just be as woke as possible.
0: I work um, in marketing, not social services or psychology.
1: Yeah, it's so. me and Emily against Abby it's really guy, in every conversation. True. I'm
0: the idiot in all of these conversations. It's like, oh, Maslow's hierarchy and needs.
1: <laughs> ah, Maslow. <laughs> I love that guy. All right. So um after this and after, you know, it's it's exposed. There's damage control, but not enough. And TLC TLC cancels 19 19 Kids
2: Kids and Counting. Canceled. Um, I wish we had like sounds that we could play like a radio show. Like you've been canceled.
1: I'll get the tech team on that. (laughs) It's me and the tech team because they
2: have
0: no actual practical life skills.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Um, And then in August of 2015, so just a month after the show is canceled, There's a leak of information from the famed website, Ashley Madison, where you can pay to have an affair. Um, And it is revealed that Josh has um, paid almost $1,000 on the site, uh, which included paying for a guaranteed affair. And it is only...
2: Well, also, here's my thing. Pre-inflation prices.
1: Here's my thing. And I literally wrote this down so I can remember to say it. Imagine... Imagine being so, and I'm not going to say not that word, but just detestable that you have to pay to have an affair. Most people don't have to do that. I mean, like, obviously there's like hookers and everything, but like you, most people can just find a coworker.
2: Not to be rude, but anyone working for like the family council, Research something that's council, a lobbyist yeah. and has like six kids is pretty detestable to me. I mean, in to me, of, yeah. In terms of like wanting to like have an affair with them.
1: Yeah. Like you're um, the
2: last person I would think of.
1: Yeah, and it's actually, I believe at this time, it's only at this time that the Family Research Council fires him. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. only after his um, adultery is um, revealed. And also during this whole time, Anna is standing by her man, um, probably barefoot and pregnant um, too, which okay. just, <laughs> sorry, um, sorry, women, care. sorry, women everywhere. <laughs> um so, yeah, it's really interesting that they were, like, child abuser? We'll let you hang on for, like, a month. Mu- oh, yeah, had an affair? Uh-oh.
0: Because he wasn't a child abuser. He was, quote, you know, a in puberty. young boy who was experiencing puberty. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but I don't know where in psychosexual development you you participate in acts of sexual assault to cope with puberty. As Even Freud someone, didn't say. Can someone point me to that in the textbook? If I
2: if I hold up a Walgreens with like an assault rifle during my first period, no one say she's <laughs> just going through puberty. It's her first period. She doesn't know the rules yet. Like no, I'd be in prison. I'd be in jail. <laughs> Give me all the dark chocolate. Like or I, I think be, or I would be like on some kind of Republican Instagram, touted as a hero. But I don't that's know. To say, Andrew you sh- <laughs> <laughs> you Never you mind. someone. Gonna, so speaking of needing some a tech team, we need like a bleep button.
1: Not <laughs> for, for names. Not
2: for inappropriate words, but for names.
1: Um yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely not part of psychosocial development. Um
2: you said psychosexual. Is that even
1: correct? Psychosexual. Psychosexual is not destroyed. psychosocial is, is something completely Freudian? else. No, I mean, if you want to get weird sex stuff, like go to Freud.
0: <laughs> mm. uh, I mean,
2: I mean I, on a I base was so level, Ashley Madison. Yeah, I was gonna say if you want weird sex stuff, well, actually, Madison's like not a thing anymore. I know. Yeah. I think too many. Nowadays, people only fans. after they um after the website was exposed. So who did? Oh, I said I think blame. too many people did. Yeah. Um. Tough. Okay. Um, so next
0: part. Yeah. So there's um. So TLC wants to keep their hands in the poop. Um, <laughs> and they, for lack of a,
1: a and the Duggars word. just can't stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you repeat that with the correct word, please?
1: <laughs> and the Duggars just keep pooping.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, TLC is filming specials with Jill and Jessa. Who at this point, I think, are kind of considered at least definitely the female. Actually, honestly, the spokespeople for the kids. Like, which is interesting because they're female. Um, but I think because their courtship was a huge part of 2019 Kids Accounting and because they've gone on to live their own lives. Um, TLC was like, okay, we can turn the cameras on them. We don't have to feature Josh. We don't have to feature the parents. Um, but they they air a special in December 2015. Or they, they air multiple specials um, starting in December 2015. And Anna is actually like heavily featured in the second special. Um, so it's not... It, which is an interesting move to me on TLC's part because they don't cut out... They don't cut off all contact with Josh and that side of the family. They keep Anna in there. Um, so and then the show is picked up permanently in February 2016 by TLC. And Anna becomes a frequent and reoccurring guest. So... Failure number nine here is TLC, who continues to platform the Duggars, um, and they basically align themselves with the family's posture, which is communicating that abuse is fine if it's forgiven and done someone to his done by someone who's just young and curious, which, which I, we've already established how we feel about that. Yeah.
1: Um. Just adding, because there's a side note in this that says done by someone who's young and curious to sleeping girls over their clothes. And I remember that when... Because I was very young when, you know, um, this came out. I think I was in middle school. Like, I think I was maybe in the seventh grade. And I remember hearing, like, oh, well, he only, like, touched them. And I was like, well, I would feel pretty bad if someone was touching me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. was, and and what's funny also, I was... I. <laughs> Like, I was friends with many boys going through puberty at the time. And, you know, like, they weren't, you know, touching me over my clothes when I was sleeping. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I felt, like, at that moment, like, and so I think the implications for many young women at the time were, like, so it's okay. Like, and so that's just my real world experience of, like, confirming that it's fine, that abuse is fine. Right.
0: Right. And just for the record, like, there was more, there was more like yes. what you what like, if you're the kind of person who you hear that and your gut reaction is you've been conditioned to be like oh well it's not terrible
2: mm-hmm. like okay
0: whatever I'm sure condition culture is conditioning to think that but there was also like worse stuff that is yeah. in the police report again that we won't talk about but I it wasn't just touching yeah. over the clothes
1: I also there's one thing that I found out um which is also not included in our notes but one of the sister's essentially found out at trial that she was one of the victims um mm-hmm. which is truly in that moment like I I just wonder like what she was thinking it said like she like went like white in the courtroom and just like didn't like didn't move and I'm and it's just in that moment like realizing that f- your entire family's failed you I don't know like I I can't even imagine what that feels like and and so it's not only that oh it was just these few girls, um his sisters friends siblings or siblings friends i guess family friends and then kids young enough to not really understand what's happening and also didn't even know until they were adults whether it was because they were too she was too young or because she was asleep that is if you don't think that's evil I uh, sincerely beg of you to put your hand in a fire. So, um, that you're number 10.
0: So, yeah. Purity culture for telling us abuse is ever okay. Okay. Um, Our, and we going to, there's more to talk about guys. Or not
1: even, <sighs>
2: we
0: haven't even made it to trial yet. We'll speed through trial. Emily, you do the trial. You cover all of us in the trial. It's because I talk too much. I'm sorry.
2: Where is the stuff on the trial? Age three. It's under point Q. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my bad. Trial, trial, trial. Okay. So trial starts in 2020. Um, Also, right before trial comes out, or trial comes out, I say it's like a TV show. It was for me. Right before the trial starts, TLC cancels Counting On. So Counting On ran from 2015 until... September twenty 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 2020. Yeah, correct. So um, at this point, Josh is 33. He was arrested by US marshals in Arkansas and charged with receiving and possessing child sex abuse images. Um, Homeland Security testified that he had over 200 images of children. Um, some of the individuals that were part of this investigation said that some of the things that were retrieved were some of the worst things that they had ever seen in regards to CSAM materials. Um, Josh, of course, pleaded not guilty to these charges. Um, at the time, Josh was using a software called Covenant Eyes, which is supposed to prevent you. It's, a, it's an accountability tool to prevent you from viewing um, things like pornography, certain sites. and attaches that your basically it attaches your um, internet use to an accountability an accountability partner, um, which for Josh was naturally Anna. So that was installed on his personal, and I think his work computer as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if he was looking at something that would not have been appropriate, his accountability partner would have been notified. Um, But the work computer had um, a Linux partition installed, um, which was very clearly his. It had a password that he used on other um, devices, had photos of his family, all that kind of thing. Basically without getting into it, a Linux partition is basically a means of bypassing other systems on the computer. It's a form of software that you can use to kind of go incognito on your own computer. Um, So using Linux, he was able to download CSAM. Um, In the trial, the defense was pretty pretty weak. They basically argued that Josh was not the person that actually downloaded the images um, because he was not tech savvy enough to download Linux because he was homeschooled. Real thing that they tried to argue,
1: even though yeah. he had like literally helped the Holtz like make commercials.
2: Correct. So there was a lot of um, that was honestly their primary argument was that he was not savvy enough to do this. And that there was potentially um, other people at the car dealership where he worked that could have accessed the computer and been the one to download Linux and be the ones to download or receive the CSAN material. Um, yes, Claire. I I want to point out there is only one other employee at this place of work.
1: Um, So it's basically the argument was it was it couldn't have been Josh because he was stupid. So it had to be this other employee <laughs> or Imagine that
2: being your defense
0: and
1: you having to go with it. <laughs> like, yeah, guys, I'm just real dumb. So it was either that employee or they kind of argued for a little bit that someone basically hacked
2: remotely right. and planted it. Right. So those were basically some of the avenues that the defense tried to use. But the prosecution countered that with a lot of evidence that showed that Josh was at the car lot at the time that the images were downloaded or received based on the timestamps that they have from thumbnails of that material. so they found like photos on his phone that were timestamped to certain times text with his wife that said exactly where he was, where he was going after those those materials were received or, or opened on the computer. Um, so um, that the prosecution had a pretty strong case that it was Josh that um, that was the one viewing these Josh materials. Also, but also, oh, didn't he
0: get in the car with the investigators and they pulled up like day one? and was like basically when I'm, when investigators
2: arrive they are not exactly sh- saying why they're there but josh is asking like what's you know they they're having a very very normal conversation and josh is basically asking you know like what are you here for why are you here you're not here because someone's downloading child pornography are you surely yeah. not like <laughs> like it's like the man just pulled down his pants and said look at my butt cheeks like, <laughs> What? so he, this guy, he maybe he really, maybe he knew that this was the avenue that the defense was going to take because he looked pretty stupid in that moment. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Basically, though, this is the 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 case the defense that the um, defense was using is honestly the one that they're still trying to use now, um, even as they try to get a new trial going. Um, mm-hmm. past testimony regarding his uh previous abuse that we've already talked about was allowed, but in pretrial proceedings, there that that basically had to be decided. Um and in these pretrial proceedings, Jim Bob testified that he did not remember what was said in conversations where Josh was con- where Josh confessed. So when Josh confessed to his parents that he had molested Jim Bob's own daughters, he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember the content of those conversations. Um, the Holtz also testified of these pre-trial proceedings. And I think we mentioned earlier in the episode that Bobby basically says that she remembers very vividly from the time that Josh made a confession when she was in the room. And that, that was essentially something that she would never forget. Um, Bobby which went off, honestly, she, she, she really did. Um, that was obviously in reference to Jim Bob saying, you know, I can't, I just can't recall, you know? Yeah. My Arkansas rock brain is just,
1: it's a little rock. A little but rock. you know what? I'm still smart enough and have a good enough memory to be on, what was it? The Senate? Like This
2: man really was outside the courthouse of his son's trial, like, giving a thumbs up to paparazzi. Like, we're all good here, bestie.
1: Yeah. Like I honestly wonder if Bobby Holt, this is pure conjecture, no one sue me if Bobby Hall like really wrestled with like, or honestly any of the women besides Michelle really wrestled with who knew really wrestled with the fact that like there and men not to say women are morally superior, but socialized I think to be more caring towards children um, mm-hmm. really wrestled with the fact that they knew if they knew the abuse was happening, really wanted to report it. And in that case, like, I'm just wondering if Bobby Holt wanted to, and her husband was like, no. Mm-hmm. And, in that culture quiverful, patriarchal, you know, that was not a lie. Like you, you listened. And, you know, that, that just graves me. The fact that there were that I, I hope, you know, in the sh- sheer possibility that some of these people are actual true, genuine believers with the Holy spirit in them, that they wanted to correct this. And that they made an effort and they were prevented. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That makes my heart sad.
0: Did we mention that he was found guilty? No.
1: The bastard well, was, he was guilty. found guilty.
0: Yeah, he was found guilty. Um, he was sentenced to, uh, was it life or two life sentences or it was like, something? I was like, life plus.
2: Yeah, Enough times. Was- yeah.
0: It's what you would get for looking at photos of child children being sexually abused.
2: Um, yeah. Also, I want to say shout out to Carrie Jernigan, the lawyer on TikTok, who like attended as much of the trial as she could and gave really good, helpful updates and explanations yeah. because I don't understand legal jargon.
1: So I also. Gonna- want to give a shout out to i think her name is anna darling on twitter she was an art she's an arkansas or a reporter in arkansas and she's where i got 90 percent of my information during the trial and her reporting was fast and accurate and i was really appreciative because i was i was did y'all think he was gonna did y'all think he was gonna be found guilty yes once i
2: once i knew wait what was the question
1: did did you guys did you think he would be found guilty
2: Um, I did not at first, but once I knew what the defense was going to use, I was convinced because their defense was so weak. That's how I felt. Um, Um, it should be noted that
0: after he was convicted, I think most of the siblings uh, issued some kind of response. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, um, (laughs) I think Jill and Derek's was the most strongly worded. Uh, Derek also
1: went on record saying he didn't like Jim Bob and thought he was a bad person.
0: True, yeah. Um, nobody above, nobody is above the law, it applies equally to everybody. Today, the people of the Western District of Arkansas made that clear in their verdict. As a Christian, we believe we are all equal at the foot of the cross, and likewise, we are all equal under the law. We are thankful that our hearts there, go yeah. out to the victims of child abuse or any kind of exploitation. We are thankful for the hard work of law enforcement. And all others involved to save kids and held others accountable and hold accountable those responsible for their abuse. We have been lied to so much. We wanted to hear the evidence for ourselves in court. After seeing all the evidence as it was presented, we believe that the ju- jury reached a just verdict today consistent with the truth beyond reasonable doubt.
1: Yeah. Um, I y'all have seen that picture of Jill and Derek like walking out of the court and they both just look like like they like look they went to a funeral. Yeah, like it, it really like in my heart was like, Oh my gosh. And also imagine like being like one of his abuse victims and he's getting convicted not for the crime he did to you, but something else. And it's you don't feel like, and you feel attached to this case, but also it's not justice for you. It's justice for l- like disembodied images and probably kids who are still being exploited. Mm -hmm. like like in the end like he's in prison but there's it's i think hard to say that there's real justice um i
0: also just want to point out that he was denied uh they requested and he was he requested and was denied conjugal visits with his wife
1: yeah please stop procreating (laughs) oh my god i just can't did i mean had she even passed her like six week postpartum like check
0: god anyways Um, so, so to wrap all this up, um, they have, this legal team is requesting a new trial. Um, basically they said that the, uh, the prosecutors cannot prove beyond a reasonable doubt that somebody that was not Josh Duggar had commit had downloaded and viewed those images. Um, so yeah, they are, and Anna Duggar, um, she again, got back on socials for the first time since the birth of their last kid and released that document. Uh, indicating that she still sides with her husband, and, and yeah. this, switch. we are not, we're specifically not talking about her role in all of this because that's just really nuanced. And also, like, we're here to sh- we're here to like critique a case that falls within our own camp. We're not here to pick apart people who may have been hurt in the process.
2: Anyways, I think there's also um, just too much conjecture around that because yeah. Yeah. truthfully, none of us know the steps that a mom will also take to protect her kids from that kind of yeah. thing within the privacy of their own home. And so it's just, yeah. it's just too much to, to try to yeah. dissect. And it's just not honoring to, you know, like what she and their children have been through. Um, yeah. In this My process, advice so. is for her to change her name and move
1: away. Um, <sighs> so, and yeah, so, I safe. feel like, I feel like okay there's a couple things that we think we should hit though. So, n- you know, reiterating the people and institutions who failed. Jim Bob and Michelle, numero Number one. uno. Um the Holtz. um well, and let's go I'm order. Just-
0: Jim Bob and Michelle 2002. I'm going
1: in a different order. Church Jim Elders, Bob and Michelle
0: 2003. Um, yeah. Ministry in Little Rock 2000 2000- 2003-ish, yeah, number three. Corporal
1: Hutchins, who is um, serving <laughs> his own time. <laughs> who literally,
0: he made a statement from prison. He did? Conde-
1: condemning Josh, yeah. Um, oh, well, well, I mean, I fe- I can't say that on the podcast. Um, the Holtz, um, failure to report, um, people who knew about the abuse and didn't tell TLC, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that counts as multiple, the justice system, haha, mm-hmm. um, and TLC. No itself. one, no
0: one, no one who were people who still refuse to report as the Duggars gain fame. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So yeah. Um, as you can see, this is something that could have ended in 2002. Not ended for the victims because they're going to be dealing with this for the rest of their lives to some capacity. But this is something that could have been stopped. Emily, you're making a face.
2: I was just going to say, I like also this trial could have been prevented. Because mm-hmm. if they had dealt with his, his issues beforehand, this might not have propelled him into having to be on a website where he has to pay for an affair. It might not have led to him getting into child pornography. Like to, to fail to deal with these kinds of issues at a very, very young age, you're setting young men up to commit heinous crimes in the future. And we have to recognize as a society that we're complicit and mm-hmm. creating these enormous scandals mm-hmm. that become enormous burdens on people's psychological well-being they become huge burdens on the healthcare system huge burdens on the legal system and it's because we've perpetuated this issue that little boys inappropriately touching girls and i say little boys meaning like minors is just not that big of a deal when in reality it's symptomatic of a much deeper issue that needs to be dealt with very seriously but Emily, lust is every man's battle.
0: We also, we don't want to speculate on, like, on his own children and their safety and yeah. the time that he's in the house. But we can say for sure, like, the fact that all of this has become tabloid fodder um, has harmed those four mm-hmm. sisters, like, for sure. Like, we see now, yeah. like, and I won't say that, you know, Jill is estranged from her family simply because of, of that. There's other reasons, too, I'm sure. But, like... Yeah. There's got like there's got to be so much psychological damage that comes from that, and um, yeah, you know, and he participated well, in the in the abuse, even if it wasn't physically in person. He downloaded images of children being abused and exploited, and you know, yeah, that that's a mark again that hurts them, even if they weren't in the right. room with him. Well,
2: it's know? also just pure hypocrisy. Feeding for the yeah, for for a a, a culture, a, a subculture of society that promotes, you know, the family as like the the foundation of society, marriage is the foundation of society, when in reality, they refuse to deal with these legitimate issues that absolutely decimate a family's integrity and ability to function. So if mm-hmm. you really care about making the families of the foundation of society, again, then you need to really deal with the issue of abuse that is just absolutely causing the the nuclear family to crumble. And like, that is like not a gender issue. It's not a class issue. Like this is systemic throughout all families and all parts of society.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, yeah, I think it's, it's helpful if you, as, as just a person to think, how would I reckon with this? I think it's always, you know, not to fear monger, but to think, how do I respond when someone I know and and possibly love is credibly accused of of assault or abuse. You need to reckon with that. You need to think about it in terms of the people you listen to on your podcast, the pastors you read. Like, I, I think you need to s- sincerely think about that. And I think um, in families, it is very ignored that you should be aware of the signs. And mm-hmm. that's one thing, weirdly, that I remember our m- own mom saying. No. Um. Yeah, don't go into detail. I'm, I'm not yeah. quoting directly, but I was, I was so like, it had never even crossed my mind to think of that. And I was like, but that's because I'm safe in my family. Like, yeah. Um, and, and that's so not saying I think... be sus- being suspicious
0: of every single person no, in your yeah. family, but, but like never, never putting blinders on and always knowing that. Yeah. To look for the signs. And if you see a sign, then you be suspicious.
2: Right, yeah. and to be suspicious will not be as damaging as it will be if your suspicions are true and no action is taken, and you allow exactly. abuse to ravage your family because it will exactly. And abuse is
0: generational. Abused children yep. grow up and abuse their own children, right? So if you want to stop the cycle of abuse, stop it now. <laughs> yeah, and your in your church, in your family, um, any anywhere, yeah. Um,
1: social. Sorry, I was just one no, more thing. I, I'm- done yeah emily was talking about how you know the you know crumbling of family and marriages uh, uh, contributes to the crumbling of our society and part of that has to do with the fact that we tend that in western culture we have completely isolated ourselves from extended family and other therapeutic webs of people who can support parents to prevent neglect and abuse because parents who are going through things that's a real issue um looking into like parents anonymous if you're curious about that um, and so I think the quiverful movement is a really good Christian example of isolating yourself from the world so far that you have no access to the therapeutic, I, I say therapeutic web or protective web of people. Um, and that's what every family and marriage needs, whether it's extended family or if you're, or church, you know, and that's why I am so hesitant to recommend homeschooling to most people because children need access. To adults who care for them and love them,
2: individuals in their life that are not their parents.
1: Yeah, that's a Um, that's a whole
2: other thing.
1: Yeah, so if you are curious about like that, probably listen to David French because he has a lot of good. uh, He's he's talked a lot about that kind of thing. Right, (laughs) we've
0: talked a lot, so let's wrap up with like our our remaining points, um, which goes back to what we said at the beginning. We want people to know abuse does not happen without abuse doesn't happen in a vacuum. So mm-hmm. we see here that the Duggars are conditioned early on, like the parents are conditioned early on to not recognize abuse for what it is. Um, they, you know, in the Quiverful, the Bill Gothard community, um, Claire, I think you put a quote in here where the, the the curriculum that they were using included when it comes to counseling sexual abuse. The question, "Why did God let it happen?" is followed with answers like, "Quote, result of defrauding by a modest dress, indecent exposure." Being out from protection of our parents, being with evil friends, um, basically victim blaming. Um, it also kind of places all of the protection. Uh, the, it creates an umbrella of protection where Christ is over the husband, the husband is over the wife, and the family. Um, kind of putting patriarchy patriarchy in as a tool of protection, and we see that didn't work here. Um, but the Duggars heavily subscribed to that teaching, um, and they were also part of. They listened to men who were abusers. They listened to Gothard. They listened to to Ronnie Floyd. They put themselves in situations where abuse was purposely um, yeah. changed. The definition was changed, and so when their own son abused their daughters, they could. They said, "Oh, well, it doesn't have to be abuse. It can yeah. just be curiosity. It can just be puberty." Um, from a from the beginning, the people you listen to and the resources you use, even if you don't have kids yet or a family yet, are going to affect how you view abuse and how you address yeah. it if you run into it. That's I'm gonna, that's our first that's the first point I want to make.
1: Yeah. I'm okay. going to quote my own pastor right now and say um <laughs> he was he was talking about lot moving to Sodom and Gomorrah and he said um if you associate with stupid you're going to get stupid. But imagine that in a Scottish accent because my pastor's Scottish. Sounds a lot more profound. Yeah. Um yeah, if you associate with abusers you're going to learn to be okay with abusive systems of thought. Yep. And behavior. And and organizations.
0: So that's another thing that you'll hear us preach hundred and fifty times each episode, even if the topic of the episode is cave aged cheddar. Like <laughs> we're we're here to tell you to cut cave? off the abusers from your life. It's cave. I, yeah, I got I went to Aldi and it's cave aged cheddar. I thought you said
2: KJV cheddar, and I was like, <laughs> that's an King James version cheddar. cheddar.
0: King version, King James version. Anyways, cut those abusive systems and people out of your life because they, it's not just that you're not associating with the victims or taking the side of the victims. It's you are setting yourself up for a failure in the future. Snip, 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 take those, take those people out. And we have some friends and it doesn't all, it doesn't have to be a violent, like parting Um, Mm -hmm. We live in the age of ghosting. It's perfectly acceptable to just ghost your abuse to ghost abusive systems and people. Yeah, whatever. I will say (laughs) you don't have to say it. doesn't have to be like a full like confession style, like my truth type YouTube video. It can just be you stop hanging out with people. You stop going to you stop frequenting their businesses. You stop going to that church. (laughs) You when somebody talks about them, you tell the truth or you say, hey, just be careful.
1: Yeah, I will say I am in our own lives. We've all done this a little differently, but I think if you can, and it is safe for you, uh, whether you are a survivor or uh, love a survivor in that situation, obviously like everything you say needs to be like, you need to have their like consent and approval to share any information about them. But Mm -hmm. There is always a time that I think there is, it's very rare to, for it to be inappropriate to say that person is not safe. And here is a brief explanation of why. I think you serve your community best when you do that, but you also do need to be aware of the high personal cost that it comes and also the cost that it may come at for the survivor.
2: Mm hmm
0: yeah, so that's something that you you have to figure out on your with if if you're not the survivor, you have to figure out alongside them. And if you are, it's kind of a situation by situation call. Yeah.
1: And um, also yeah. sorry, I'm just saying you're gonna mess up, like you're gonna say things and then regret it probably. And you know, you're also probably gonna not say things and regret it later because it's often very situation in case it's like case by case basis and person by person. And so it like no one has the like deftness I don't think that's the right word but y'all know what I mean like the agility to navigate this perfectly um love not vengeance has to be your motive and yeah. that is where most of the times I failed cuz I'm a vengeful person yeah truth telling is also loving it can be loving it is sometimes when it sometimes cor- when you do it when you do it from the correct heart posture yeah Sometimes the so, most peaceful and loving thing for other for, and for the perpetrator is to tell the truth. The people in Josh's life did not love him the way they needed to. Josh Duggar. Yeah.
0: It is unfortunate that our last episode we sat down with <laughs> a Josh.
1: Um, oh, and we didn't even include his last name for his own safety, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyways, so point one, point one, abuse starts with your mindset and your framework and who you associate with. Point two, like we said earlier, it takes a village. You, and when you learn about abuse, you may not realize what's, what step in the process you are. Like there may be five people before you who knew about this and a lot of them didn't do anything. Some of them might've done something. It doesn't matter. It's your job to, if, if this person is a minor, if they're a child, you need to report it. Um, whether it's, whether you are a quote mandatory reporter or not in the state that you're in, uh, you have a moral obligation as a christian to protect the vulnerable Uh, if they're an adult it's more difficult but what you can do is believe them and uh, listen to them or listen to them believe them i guess is the order that should go in and love them as as they need it i guess emily would you like to add anything to that point
2: yeah i mean i definitely think that if someone has shared abuse with you as an adult i think you need to honor where they are in their process because Mm-hmm. you know, denial is a coping mechanism that, you know, while unhealthy, it, it is a coping mechanism. Um, so whether mm-hmm. this person has just come to a realization of abuse or whether they've realized for a long time and just been very hesitant to share, we always need to honor where those people are in their process and, and be willing to be in that, that part of the process with them, not urge them forward, not urge them backward. Um, because like it's, it's their journey, not yours. Um, and 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 for so many survivors like pursuing justice particularly through the legal system is just far more damaging and traumatizing than it is restorative and healing um mm-hmm. and so you know be aware of that and 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 that's why questions like why didn't you report this why haven't you pursued this avenue of justice are just not helpful questions to ask because for you know unless you're willing to facilitate and and walk that journey with them that's just not really a conversation that you need to really um go into with with them i mean it's helpful to make people aware of resources but their choice to use them is entirely their own um Mm -hmm. processing abuse is a very individual process and 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 even for families too you know how each person Mm -hmm. deals with that is is their own journey. And I think the best thing that we can do is just honor whatever place, um, whatever part of the journey someone is in and, and just be willing to be there with them and offer support as, as is appropriate. Um, And a lot of that just comes from like asking survivors, like what, what is supportive for you? Like what, what is the best thing that someone can do for you? And just for so many, it's to just listen and believe and to not investigate and to not satisfy your own curiosity and not to be voyeuristic with their situation. And you know press for details or anything like that but it's it's to just um, be and 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 that's the best thing that you can do i think
0: and i think that can be our third and that's the third and final point so first one is abuse starts with the mindset and the people and organizations you surround, surround yourself with second one is that it takes a village and the third is you is and the third is treating survivors with individualized or personalized care and attention and love um, mm-hmm. above all things so yeah. um um think- yep. i wanted to drop um so the first thing is that if you have been um abused there you can there's a hotline that you can call where is it we'll put it we'll put it in the description but there's a national yeah. sexual abuse hotline that you can call um for to seek help if you have been abused and you're struggling with with the ramifications of that it's confidential it's not reporting to law enforcement it's just someone on the other line to help you um mm-hmm. and tennessee is a mandatory reporting state for child abuse so if you know of a child who you suspect is being abused or neglected um we'll also put that number in the um episode show notes um
1: show notes. yeah we will also have links to where we got this information, articles, um, there's even some videos, I believe. And also, um, I, as best we can, I would love to include some things regarding abuse, um, and, you know, just some more information on prevention, um, you know, reporting and caring for survivors because, um, we all need uh more education on these things um yeah
0: if there's anything you take away from this episode i hope it's that you will recognize that if someone were to come to you and tell you what had happened to them um you would recognize that you must play an active role and Mm and and not necessarily like reporting or getting involved with law enforcement but you have to play an active role in the in the healing process you can't just be complacent and just pretend like nothing has ever happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you are the type of person that receives someone's story of abuse and you allow, it, allow that to fall where it does and refuse to pick it up and handle it with care, God is very disappointed and displeased with you. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. And it's not to say that you need to be every abu- ab- abused person's best friend, but to just handle their story with great care and, and just great interest in taking interest in and them and their healing journey is like the bare minimum but it is like the world of difference for survivors because so few people are willing to step into that space yeah
1: and i will also say just sorry one last final thing thing is that it takes a lot for someone to disclose typically um especially the longer out from the event in my experience and So if they are disclosing to you, it's because they trust you and you do not want to break that trust or they are attempting to form that final like bond of trust. And then you need to be really freaking careful how you talk about situations like this, how you talk about um, survivors of abuse, because there is nine times out of 10, someone listening who has gone through something similar and is marking you off of the list of people they can trust and confide in. And especially as a Christian, that is not a good look and you do not want those marks against you in heaven.
0: Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-eight: for the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish. Let that be a warning and an encouragement depending on where you fall. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Adventures in Podacy, a reflective road trip to our woods. And we do, we do this for the love of the church and life of the world. And we hope this sparks some good conversations among our friends and family. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Shoot us a message. Um, But yeah, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Peace. Bye.